Hello, and welcome to the Destiny Church Podcast. We trust that this will be a great encouragement to you and build your faith. Enjoy today's message. So today we're going to look at one of my all-time favorite passages of Scripture in Luke chapter 4, verses 16 through 19. It'll be coming up on the screen, and you can read it there. Luke 4, verse 16, and he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, and as was his custom, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day, and he stood up to read. And the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was given to him. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where it was written. I love this part. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to eat it, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Jesus is making an announcement here that the Jews, the Jewish people, just it goes right over their head. He is telling him he is the Messiah, but they don't catch it. As a matter of fact, then on down in verse 41. It says, and he began to say to them, today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Or in other words, what I read from uh, Isaiah 61 is now being fulfilled right before your eyes. I am the Messiah. Jesus is the good news, folks. Jesus brings good news, and that brings me to point number one, and that simply is good news. How many of you like good news? How many of you like bad news? I know I don't. I don't. I don't like bad news. I. I, I just. I'm just not into that. I, I. I. I like good news all the time. That's my desire. So you see, the Jews were waiting for their Messiah to come the first time. They thought he was going to come back, deliver them from Roman oppression, and man, life would change around and everything would be great. But they did not realize that he was not the, an earthly Messiah, that he had plans. And so they read Isaiah chapter 61 where it tells the same passage. And, but they overlooked this. They did not realize that Jesus was their Messiah, so they missed it. The good news was right in their midst, and yet they never saw it. The gospel of Jesus, that Bible that you hold in your hand or maybe that phone that you hold that has the, the Bible version on it. It's the good news to the poor. It's the good news to the brokenhearted. It's good news to those who are hurting. It's good news to those who are desperate. That's what it's all about. Jesus brought good news to the earth. He brought good news to our world to set us free. The, the good news is to be proclaimed to the outcasts, the poor, the oppressed. I mean, everyone, folks. It, it's not when we think of the poor, we oftentimes automatically go to those who are struggling financially. It's talking about whole, a, a whole lot more than that. It's not, yes, we're reaching out to them, but it's talking about those who are hurting, those who are struggling. And let me tell you something, folks. We have an unbelievably hurting world. This world is struggling like I have never seen. I, 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 I just I can't comprehend what's going on in the world today. But there are things that are happening. The good news is more than just feeding them and giving them clothes. The good news involves 
the fact that Jesus Christ came to save, to seek and to save those who are lost. That's the good news that Jesus came to save us and to give us a life of fulfillment, a life of joy. They, they sang a song that says that you're running after me and my mind goes to Deuteronomy 28, the first 15 verses, where it tells us that those who obey God, and one of the things it says, it says, I will run you down with the blessing. He will come after you and he will bless you. Folks, I don't think the church understands that. We don't realize that God desires to bless us so much, but he also desires that we would serve him and that we would be what he wanted us to be. You know, I thought about this. You can come to Destiny Church three or four times a month and get fed. You can get food on different days and different occasions, and and you can get that food and thank God for it. Or you can also come to Destiny Church during the Sunday services and there you will be fed with the Word of God and there you will grow as a Christian and you will become a better person and you'll become more like Christ. That's the purpose of doing all the things that Destiny does. The servolution that's upcoming. It's with a purpose, yes, it's to serve the community, but it's also to let the community know that Jesus Christ loves even them. You say, well, I, you know, does he really love everybody? Yes, he loves everybody. That brings me to point number two, hands and feet. You say, I, that, that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Well, I look at it this way. We are God's hand and feet on this earth. Did you know that? When he was on the earth, Jesus was his own hands and feet. But when he went away, he left that responsibility to you and I to reach out to a hurting world. He left the responsibility to you and you and all of us to reach people who were struggling, to reach people who were having a hard time. And I'll tell you, folks, it's amazing, those who are struggling today. In Luke and Isaiah 58 verses 6 through 12 from the, the Message Bible. And this, this says it so well. This is the kind of fast day I'm after, to break the chains of injustice, to get rid of exploitation in the workplace, to free the oppressed, to cancel debts. What I'm interested in seeing you do is sharing your food with the hungry, inviting the homeless poor into your homes, putting clothes on the shivering ill-clad, being available on your own to, on, to your own families. Do this and the lights will turn on and your lives will turn around at once. Your righteousness will pave your way. The God of glory will secure your passage. Then when you pray, God will answer. You'll call out for help and I'll say, here I am. God is telling us if we, if we do this, these other things, then when we call out for help, he'll say, here I am. If you get rid of unfair practices, quit uh, blaming victims, quit gossiping about other people's sins. If you're generous with the hungry and start giving yourselves to the down and out, your lives will begin to glow in the darkness. Your shadows, will lives will be bathed in sunlight. I will always show you where to go, give you a full life in the emptiest of places, firm muscles, strong bones. Yes, you, 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 and I are the hands and the feet of Jesus on this earth today. We are the ones that he has left the mandate to. He told us to go into all the world and teach the gospel. 
to show people what it means. And sometimes folks just standing behind a pulpit and preaching a message, it, it's, it's not going to work on a lot of people. You've got to let people know that you love them. You've got to let people know that Jesus loves them and that Jesus truly cares about their needs. The world has to know that. The world has to know that there's someone who cares about their problems. You may think, well, uh, the, the, I mean, what, do I, what can I do? I, I'm just one person. I, I, can't, I can't do a whole lot. Let me tell you something, folks. What about that single mom out there that works two jobs, comes home and picks up the kids and, and then goes home and fixes them dinner and then tries to get uh, one of them to dance recital and another to a baseball practice and then come home and get them in bed to repeat the next day. Every day they've got this vicious cycle. And we don't realize what a struggle it is. I've been married for 47 years and I've had my wife by my side to take care of my needs and be such a good, uh, a faithful companion to me. I don't know what it's like on the other side, but I have seen so many mothers. I see youth today. Youth are hurting. Last Wednesday night, we had the Life of Christ, uh, a series in the, the Bible study, and, and youth were everywhere. I mean, I, I could not believe the number of youth that were here. And those kids, do you realize that the number two killer among teenagers is suicide. They lose hope. They have no hope left. They think they go home and all they hear is cursing and screaming and ranting and raving and drunkenness and and uh, a, a new man in the, the house every night with, with their mother. I mean, that's what these kids are being raised in, and we need to reach out to them. That's why we have youth. A lot of times it's not the youth in the church that are coming. It's the youth from the streets that are coming in and being touched by the power of Jesus Christ. It's our responsibility to reach them and to touch them and impact their lives. There are, the, what about the, the dad that's made a big mistake? He's messed up and he's trying to get his life corrected. But the church, I find so often, the church will kick them down. I've seen the church, when somebody messes up, the church has a tendency to kick them and beat them up and say, uh, we don't want you anymore. We ostracize you. We, we don't want to have anything to do with you. The church is there to lift people up at their darkest hours. Do you understand that? We've got to be there. But instead, the church wants to gossip. And I don't know of any of this that's going on in this church, so don't take uh, thinking that I'm doing this or saying this for any particular reason. But I've just seen it. I've seen people who want to gossip about somebody. They want to tear people down thinking that when they tear them down, why, they'll be on their level. But God is saying, let's lift them up. Let's go down where they are and let's lift them up to a new hope and to a new life, a new joy in Christ Jesus. Good news Jesus is the good news. Hands and feet, we are his hands and feet. Uh, D.C. is doing a great job feeding the hungry, and, and we recently had an outreach to the homeless, and so we're doing those parts. But I'm still thinking there's got to be more. There must be more. That, that wife that just found out her husband is having an affair on her or that husband that just found out his wife has, has incurable cancer. We oftentimes, when things like that happen, we go away. We don't, we, don't, we don't want to be there for them because we're afraid that we might say the wrong thing. 
Friend, let me tell you something. I have found that saying nothing is the wrong thing. You can go, and if you don't say a word, just, just put your arm around them and just let them know that you love them. It would make all the difference in the world. The church has a responsibility to reach out and to touch people's lives. Point number three is this, and this doesn't make sense until you hear it. No see, no do. We're changing gears now. We're going to a different passage of Scripture. We're going to John chapter 13. I won't read that right at this moment. But we're, we're going there where Jesus has taken his disciples to the upper room where they're going to share their last meal with him. They don't know it. They don't understand that. But Jesus does, and he knows that this is his last meal with them before he is to be crucified. You've got to understand that the streets of Jerusalem were dusty. They were, not, they were not paved. They were not asphalt. There was no concrete. There was animal dung in the streets from uh, uh, animals passing by and relieving themselves. And so the streets of Jerusalem could be very dirty. So cleaning was not a religious exercise. It was necessary. But the disciples walk into the upper room and we read it. And it tells us that not one of them stopped to pick up the water. The water could easily have been right there for them to pick up and the towel and the basin could have been there for them to pick up and to take over and wash the feet of the disciples. Did any of the disciples do that? No, 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 no. They, they didn't want to do that. That was below their dignity. They didn't want that at all. They, they wanted somebody else to take care of them. So many of us feel like we deserve something. We want something given to us for nothing. And friend, I have found that we it's, it's so much better when you earn it. It's so much better when you get out there and do something and you walk uh, along and you see what God is doing. But the disciples' attitude was more or less, yeah, I, if I don't look, I won't see it. And if I don't see it, I'm not responsible to do it. So I you know, almost think that they walked in. Now, I can't prove this by Scripture. But in my mind's eye, I can see them walk in and think, I know that water's there. I'm not going to look because I, I, I know somebody should take the step to wash the feet of, of the disciples. But I, I've, just, I've got too much dignity for that. And so I wouldn't dare lower myself to do that. I think a lot of us do the same thing. We think that if we don't notice the hurt around us, if we'll put our head in the sand, if we'll, we'll close our eyes to the hurt around us, Maybe it'll go away. Maybe somebody else will take care of it. Maybe somebody else will reach out to them. I thought we just recently were in, in one of our studies uh, on the life of Christ. We were talking about the Good Samaritan. You remember the story how that there was a man that fell among thieves and they beat him and they stripped him and they took all of his money and they left him for dead. The Good Samaritan, or actually the priest and the Levite come and they see the man, but they walk on the other side of the street so that they wouldn't have to be responsible to pick him up. Now, you see, they had, in their minds, they had a good reason not to do so because the Bible says that any person who touches what they thought was a dead body, it wasn't, but anybody that touches a dead body, they are ceremonial unclean. And so they could have said, well, we don't want to do that because we, don't, we, we might have some duties that we need to do, but we would be ceremonial unclean. But the good Samaritan comes along, a man that is hated by the Jews. He's from Samaria. Samaria was 
uh, a, a, a city that was so filled with so many different religions and so many different people groups. The Jews hated them. But this Samaritan comes along and he picks up the man, puts him on his donkey, takes him to an inn, and he says, I will take care of his needs, and when I come back, if I need to pay you more, I'll give you more, but make sure this man gets well. And it was just a few minutes ago I was thinking, yeah, Jesus has rules and regulations, but what would Jesus have done, Brian? What would Jesus have done had he walked by that man who was beaten? What would he have done? What do you think? I think you all know what Jesus would have done. He would have stopped, stopped and he would have pick, picked up that man and taken him to the end and fed him and clothed him and did something for him no matter what the religious people of the day said. He didn't care because he cared about meeting people's needs not just always being politically correct. And I hadn't thought about that until just I was sitting over there and I thought, what would Jesus do in this situation? And I realized he would have picked him up. He wouldn't have tried to use some religious rhetoric to try to justify him. So, friend, let's do it. Let's, let's see. I'm not telling you, by the way, I'm not telling you to stop on the road and pick up a hitchhiker because I don't know if that's real smart. You don't know what you're going to get into. So I think we've got to use good sense. But when we see somebody hurting, we see somebody crying. Maybe at work, somebody has lost a lot of money and they're, they're desperate. They're, they're, they're hurting. What can you do? Point number four is this. Are you more interested in a title or a towel? Think about it. Are you more interested in a title or a towel. Let me let me take this towel right here. We don't want the towel because that shows responsibility. We'll look the other way. Let's let me show you from scripture what I'm talking about. In Luke chapter 22 verse 24 in the King James version it says and there was also a strife among them, meaning the disciples, which of them should be accounted the greatest. And then I want to go to the next book, the book of John, and John 13, verses 4 and 5. Jesus rose from supper and laid aside his garments. Can you see the servant attitude that he had? And he took a towel and he girded himself. After that, he poured water into a basin began to wash the disciples' feet, to wipe them with the towel with which he had was girded. You say, I don't understand what you're saying there. These, these two incidents happened uh, within just a few hours of one another. It was almost as if the disciples were walking up the road to the, to the, the upper room and they were falling back a little bit from Jesus so that he couldn't see and they were arguing, who among us do you think will be the greatest? I think I'm the greatest of all. I, I mean, I've, look at all that I've done. I've laid hands on the sick and they've recovered and, and I've preached messages and great things have happened and I've done this and I've done that and somebody else, one of the other disciples speaks up and says, yeah, but you haven't done anything like I've done. They argued about who would be the greatest. Almost makes me sick just thinking about it. I don't see any place for that. I don't see any desire for that. While Jesus was suffering knowing that he was getting ready to be 
crucified, they were arguing on who was going to be the greatest. Jesus, when they walked into the room, he reached over, took up that towel, he took the water basin, and he went to the feet of the disciples. Remember, they were really dirty. They might have smelled, but Jesus washed their feet as a sign of humility, as a sign of servanthood. Do you know, I've always followed this pattern because I believe it so strongly. The highest calling in heaven is the call to be a servant. Now that doesn't sound right, does it? To be a servant is the highest calling. Yes, it is. Because that's what Jesus was. If Jesus could do it, and it was the calling that he fell to, don't you think it falls to us as well? When you serve others, when you love others, when you care for others, when you reach out to others, picture it this way. The disciples are walking along and they're arguing, and Jesus is, is supposedly not hearing this, but I think he is. But he's concentrating because he knows he's getting ready to be beaten, bruised, battered beyond even human ability. And yet they're worried about who's going to be the greatest. Foot washing was a matter of cleanliness, yes. But one of the, not one of the disciples bothered to offer to do it. I mean, you got to stop and think. They're just arguing who's the greatest. They're not going to stop and wash somebody's feet because that's degrading. That would be one of the lowest things that they could do, and that would definitely point out the fact that they are the lowest man on the totem pole. But Jesus took the towel of water. We've had foot washings. I've seen foot washings before. And we don't get into it like Jesus really washed their feet. Think about it. Think about it. The King of Kings the creator of the universe, the Lord of lords and the God of gods, stooped down to wash their feet. I like Peter's response. Peter said, oh, no, Lord, you're not, you're not going to do that to me. Uh-uh, I can't let you. Jesus said, if I don't wash you, you'll have no part with me. Peter says, okay, God, wash everything. Give me a full bath. Because Peter had a desire for God. But there they were arguing who was the greatest. And Jesus is kneeling at their feet, washing their feet. The gospel, according to Jesus, is about loving and serving others. Oh, Pastor, that's just not my calling. Fooey on that. Pastor, that's just not my thing. I, that's just not my nature. Well, then pray that God would change your nature where you can have an ability and a desire to reach out to others and touch others and meet them right where they are. To touch people and to bless. I, Brother Lee, I see that man all over this building. I don't know if he's in here right now or not. He may not be in here, but is, is he over? Is that him? I can't tell. I know he'll be embarrassed by this and he wouldn't want but he exhibits a servant's heart 
He wanted to serve me this morning. He's, he's, he's gone overboard asking me, what can he do? He didn't have to do that. But he wanted to be a servant. Now, I'm not telling you that you have to do everything for everybody. That's not what I mean. But what about reaching out to a neighbor who has just lost a loved one and taking them a meal? What about one who's had surgery to say this summer, let me mow your yard for you, just to do something special for your neighbor and let them know you love them and let them know you care. God today is calling you to love. He is calling you to serve. Stacy, he is, as a financial advisor, he's not calling you to make more money. Now, he's not against that. That Don't get me wrong. But he is calling you, Stacy Penny, to reach out to the hurting, to the lonely, to the desperate, to the housewife that feels like there is no hope. We all have a call. It's not just a social gospel to give them food. It's a gospel. We give them the food so that we can attract them in other ways. We give them the food so they, they can know that somebody genuinely cares about their personal needs. I think it goes one of two ways. People think, well, the church only cares about me spiritually, or they don't care at all. So we need to show them that Jesus loved them right where they were. Jesus loved them right in the midst of their chaos and right in the midst of their hurt and right in the midst of their pain. He didn't kick them. He didn't beat them up. He loved them. He served them. And I challenge you, pick up the towel. Do you want the title of being the greatest? Or do you want to pick up the towel to serve your neighbor? Thank you so much for joining us. Special thanks to those of you who give to this ministry. It's because of you that this ministry is possible. You can check out the link in the description to give or visit destinychurch.me slash give. Don't forget to subscribe and share with your friends. We love you and have a blessed week.